Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning. It's Friday, January 27th. This is Matt Bennett from agmarket.net out here to help uh, Joe Vaklovic. I've got Betsy Jibbin along. Got Brian Split as well. Brian's having some technical difficulties this morning, so we might not see his lovely face, but he will be providing some analysis as he did yesterday. So uh, to start the day here, we've got March corn up two cents at 684 and a half. We've got soybeans March at uh, 1526 up two and a half. You've got Chicago wheat, 752 and three quarters, up a quarter. Uh, Kansas City wheat up to, or down two and three quarters at 862. And uh, spring wheat down four and a quarter at 913 and three quarters. And so we're going to jump in and talk about a few different things here. Uh, try to bring Brian in on some stuff. Try to bring Betsy in on some stuff. But uh, uh, to start with, we're going to talk about weekly export sales. And so yesterday we had weekly export sales. Corn was off a little bit from what we saw a week ago, but it was actually within uh, the range of guesses. And, you know, it wasn't a horrible number. It's just we need to see these numbers are better for sure. Uh, last week we were, uh, you know, 1.22. Soybean was actually, uh, soybeans were better than what we saw a week ago. And quite frankly, for this point in the calendar year, probably a little bit of a rich number. And then you got wheat at 561,000 tons. So, uh, Brian, if uh, we're able to bring you in, uh, what did you make out of the uh, export sales numbers there on Thursday morning? I thought overall, uh, I'd really like to see corn maintain numbers over a million tons week to week. Uh, last week, we did about 1.2 million. Uh, this week, we were down about 300,000 from last week. So a little disappointing, but uh, the market took that in stride and we saw some strong buying. The, the spreads are acting strong. So I think we're continuing to get some actual business done. Uh, on the bean side, like you said, that's a good number for this time of year. There's been a little bit of talk about uh, the economics of, of China potentially uh, canceling U.S. soybeans and, and changing the origin to uh, South America, Brazil beans. Uh, we'll see if that ever comes to fruition in the next couple months. And I thought that wheat number was really good. So all in all, I thought the export numbers, big picture, were pretty good. I just want to see this corn number start to maintain uh, over a million tons week to week. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. We need to see sales and then, of course, shipments following up. Uh, and this is going to be our time to shine here over the next, uh, you know, two to three months. Let's move on here a little bit. We're going to talk about this drought situation. Uh, obviously, this uh, previous fall, uh, you look at the landmass, uh, October 11th of 22, as you can see on the right, uh, you know, you were looking at a severe drought over a fair amount, of course, of the plains. But as far as the continental U.S., you had more of the U.S. in drought than we'd seen in quite some time. You see the drought severity classification index here on the far right down here on the chart at 188. And I know all of you are saying, I don't know what the heck that means. But I can tell you that compared to today at 137, uh, there's certainly been some significant improvement. So, Betsy, I'm going to bring you in. Uh, obviously, in your part of the world, you guys struggled uh, in certain areas close to you with drought. Uh, it was kind of a hit or miss. I know some folks in that part of the world had good crops. Some folks didn't. But uh, what have you seen as far as weather has been concerned here over uh, the last several weeks? Here's a situation in the little corner I'm in, in in southeast South Dakota is when you look at that drought monitor and you see the area I'm in, we're still experiencing some, some type of, of dryness. Uh, the whole state really is looking at this a little bit or from what I can see on the on that picture. However, I will say family members, farmers I've talked to in the area, uh, people in the community, they are a little bit worried. And the reason they are worried is we've had 
the amount of snowfall, which next time I will get the exact number, I can call the National Weather Service and find out. But the amount of snowfall we've received is something we haven't received in several years. And on top of that, don't scoff at me for saying this, but the old timers say the amount of fog we've received as well that could be precipitation in 90 days. And I don't have to tell you what happens in 90 days and how that's a key area for planting in my area. So some folks are worried that we experience severe dryness. Are we going to be very wet, especially if this thing thaws out and thaws out fast? And if that fog does indeed turn into precipitation 90 days from now, I don't know. We're a little bit worried about a wet spring. Right. Absolutely. And you know, this, the trajectory of this storm we had this week actually kind of moved through some of these darkest red areas. So uh, I don't know, Betsy, you'd probably agree with me to at least it uh, seems based upon uh, that storm system, based upon what Eric Snodgrass told us on our webinar for ag market a couple of weeks ago, that we're kind of trending in the right direction as far as weather's concerned. Would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I think some of those key areas, I mean, I'm not in an area that, some some people need this precipitation, but the area I'm in that we're kind of teetering that line and we had such a dry, such a dry uh, season last season. Now we're worried we're just going to be too wet. And I want to ask you later, maybe in the next video, if will that translate into soybean acres in my area of the world? But we can talk about that later. Absolutely. I'm going to move on to the next slide. Uh, of course, uh, we all know that uh, whenever you look at this Argentine situation, um, dryness, drought, uh, heat, if you will, uh, you see what the soybean meal chart did on the right, uh, just absolutely skyrocketed there towards the 1st of December. We're going to bring Brian in to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, just the whole situation, but how he sees this chart, because there's certainly uh, some things to glean, not only from what you see as far as that huge rise, uh, but what have we done here over the last couple three days so brian take it away yeah man thanks um i think the important thing to know just in the short term is uh you know the articles are suggesting hey we're getting rain in argentina we're getting rain in, in southern brazil and uh, we definitely came out of the weekend uh, trading that with some uh, sharply lower values but i think if we're trying to use soy meal as a bit of a barometer as far as how the trade feels about the overall situation in argentina uh here we are uh, you know late in the week and, and we're sitting about 25 dollars a ton off of the early week's lows uh we retested those weekly lows uh on wednesday so we we rallied off of them uh turned around retested those lows on wednesday bounced off them again and here we are finishing the week strong and there's some day left today obviously but uh the the meal chart right now suggests that this concern about uh, about argentina is not done yet yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's uh, you know fair to say uh, with a variety of commodities, but uh, no doubt about it. Whenever you look at this uh, soybean meal situation, it's been an impressive move to say the least. So, staying on the topic of charts, uh, we got a really cool chart here. Of course, Nat Gas. I think a lot of folks have been following this. First time since May twenty one, we've been below three bucks. So at the top, you know, you see the daily chart, which just looks absolutely atrocious. But uh, Brian's got a pretty cool monthly continuous chart. I want to have him talk about here. Uh, so go ahead with that as well, Brian. So monthly continuous chart is going to be every bar is one month and a continuous chart means it's always showing the front month values on the chart. And uh, really all I've got here is we had record highs. Uh, that's the downtrend from those record highs. And Matt, you had mentioned 2021 May. Uh, this is the first time since May that we've been below $3. Well, in August of 2021, we took out that long-term downtrend, kind of popped through it. And then uh, a couple months later, September, October, we built a base against that trend line and then had that strong rally uh, into the highs made in 2022. So uh, my 
my suggestion would be if you're an end user or you need to lock in any type of natural gas needs, uh, either lock that in uh, or uh, look at some kind of a hedge to the upside, because I think these natural gas values could very quickly uh, recover from these levels. No, absolutely. Uh, and I will say, you know, if you like Brian's technical analysis, uh, those of you that are premium content folks with Joe heard an incredible uh, presentation from Brian yesterday as far as new crop was concerned. So uh, uh, if you didn't get that, it might be a good time to subscribe to that. And that's just a little plug for Joe and Brian here. But uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, U.S. Department of Energy allocates $118 million of biofuels projects. This is at a time, you know, when we've got a lot of uh, buzz about uh, renewable fuels, sustainable aviation fuel. I know Betsy uh, did a lot of work on uh, national reporting, you know, with Farm Journal over the years. And, you know, she's been in a lot of these conversations. But uh, how do you view this type of news and what it might uh, be as far as support for uh, U.S. agriculture, Betsy? Well, I think you kind of said it best. Any acknowledgement we see, uh, especially from the U.S. Energy Department when it comes to biofuel projects, has to be a positive or at least has to be trending in the right direction, especially when you look at the the, the sustainable aviation fuels really gaining steam. So this seems to be exciting. No, absolutely. And so uh, that's all we've got as far as this uh, particular information goes. We just want to kind of highlight a few of these topics for today. Uh, but, you know, just looking at what the livestock markets did yesterday, of course, you, uh, you know, you had fat cattle, 156.72, uh, 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 down a little bit less than a dollar and 87 cents. And so, you know, uh, obviously fat cattle market has been uh, uh, pretty exciting at times, but uh, taking a little bit of the shine off, especially whenever corn's rallying, uh, you look at feeders, 182.85, down 90 cents and then uh you know of course you look at uh, hogs 77.025 on your front month there feb at uh down 22 and a half cents so you know when we look at uh you know, when we look at what the outside markets are doing here this morning, you got crude oil up 82.31 on the March, up a buck 30. Uh, dollars not doing a whole lot, 101.71 uh, down uh, just uh, seven cents. And then you look over at the equities, and it, it's fairly quiet. Uh, Nasdaq's down 46, but the Dow's only down 15. So that's going to wrap up our segment here for today, Friday the 27th. And uh, thanks for tuning in uh, again. We appreciate Joe kind of handing over the keys to us, and I hope we didn't screw it up too bad. Uh, I hope you guys uh, got something out of what we talked about here today. So uh, once again, thank you for joining us.